0: Welcome to Dragon Talk. Yay! This is yeah. the official Dungeons & Dragons podcast. I'm Greg Tito. That's Shelley Mazenoble over there. Hi. We got to do that sign-on for reals with a real studio audience uh, at our fun literary convention we went it to was. this weekend.
1: That was so fun. The get lit. Festival.
0: It's true. This is gonna you're gonna hear this a week after we've gotten back, but it was super fun and still thinking uh, about it. Shout out to uh Dr. Terrence McMullen uh for being the consummate host in Spokane, Washington. He told us so many factoids and information, including how the Davenport hotel is haunted.
1: In- Indeed, And that turned out, of course, to be our kids' favorite fun fact about Spokane. So we did spend a bit of time at the Davenport ghost hunting.
0: Da-da-na-na-na-na. Mm-hmm.
1: It was so cool. I just love cool. it. I love Spokane. I just can't thank Terry enough for hosting us and treating us like superstars and... Being so kind to our families and walking us around Spokane and showing us cool sights. But Spokane is a great city.
0: Yeah, it's a great little town. Uh, Had tons of fun. And I wanted to give a shout out to to, uh, Justice Armand, who was our Dungeon Master, um, for our game. uh, And that we got to meet so many cool authors there, including Travis Baldry, um, Mm -hmm. who I realized I knew from a previous life as being a... A game journalist. He's now an author. That's so um, funny. Writing such amazing books out there.
1: As Legends and Lattes, you may know the book, but we did. We got to play alongside of Travis. That was really yeah. fun.
0: As well as Dr. Melissa Bedford mm-hmm. and David Bullis, who is a playwright. He played D&D for the first time. He played a ninth level character for the first time ever. How
1: freaking funny was he, too?
0: He was great. Fantastic. So
1: good. But, and I, well echo your shout out to justice i have not stopped singing his praises as a dm absolutely he was so good he was so funny he was just fun he like just let us do our thing he was like every stupid disguise i tried to put on he just had fun (laughs) with and i was rolling very very poorly um I think all the... At one point, I took like 40 points of damage.
0: I know, right? From the that acid uh, spa- splash thing yeah, that happened? So, yeah. That was a ton. Chris
1: Lindsay, I was telling him about it, and he goes, well, didn't you just... Ha- you took half damage, right? I'm like, why would I do that? He's like, because you're raging. But it doesn't, it doesn't it doesn't count against magic and... Acid it does not. Like that. Right, it just so, like
0: actual attacks. It's yeah.
1: like, my God, if I actually lost that character because of some stupid thing <laughs> that I didn't understand <laughs> on my character sheet, I would. it was very hard for me to be a barbarian.
0: It was hard for me to be a rogue. Uh, I was like, oh, wait, I have evasion. I'm able to get, like, even if I fail a save, I, I take half damage for really? stuff like that. Yeah, so I was oh, able to avoid cool. a lot of it uh, with my character, Mutar. Mutar, Mutar, the investigator, who you know uh, was super fun to play. I loved, I loved uh, uh, stepping outside the box with our characters a little bit.
1: Yeah, I thought it was fun, and I also really loved all of the NPCs we met through Justice's adventure as well. Right? There were definitely some standout favorites I'd like to encounter again.
0: His uh, uh, stranger was. Uh, like weirdly hot, like okay. it was like
1: I said it was, it was like Matthew McConaughey,
0: yeah, like, like
1: early Matthew McConaughey, I'm like early I don't,
0: Matthew, not late, late, no. <laughs> <laughs> but early Matthew, early McConaughey.
1: Matthew McConaughey, I'm like I don't want to kill you, I kind of
0: want to <laughs> hang out. What are you doing? Give you later? a high five or something? <laughs> See where it goes. Yeah, um, yeah, it was that was great. super fun. Um, and uh, recommend uh, everybody checking out uh, the the Get Lit Festival next year because they've been doing it for 25 years. It's like this amazing institution there within the uh, Eastern Washington University English Department. Um, and I think one, one of my favorite events was the pie and whiskey event where we had people like reading their short stories uh, in front yep. of a crowd, and it blended so much of the things that I love, which is... Um, you know, English professors uh, donning blazers with uh, elbow patches. That was you. Whiskey and, uh, you know, the performance, right? It wasn't necessarily stand-up, but it had like those elements of like, oh yeah, someone on a microphone performing in front of a crowd that could laugh or um, cry or, you know, gasp in shock as the case may be.
1: Yes. And it is like that whole idea of collective collaboration, like we're all... Listening to the story, but we're all listening at the same time and interpreting it in different ways. And it's it was like just like a a good fun experience to be with a bunch of other people. Hearing these somewhat personal and wonderful stories.
0: Bunch of other English majors. I love
1: writers. That was my favorite part of college was just being around writers. True. Not actors. I'm sorry. I well, said what I, I said what I said.
0: You said what you said, but the cool thing is we have a guest coming on who is an actor that, that we like. Who's amazing and is also a writer and a collaborator and yes. a dungeon master extraordinaire. Todd Stashwick is here on this amazing interview with us. He You might know him from uh, season three of Star Trek Picard, which just concluded right now. Uh, another former guest of Dragon Talk is in that cast, Mika Burton. Uh, we got to ask him about that as well as, um, uh, you know, his history with, with playing D&D, which goes back many years.
1: That's uh, very similar uh, to, to your upbringing a little bit with D&D. Uh, are you, like, are you, like, Really excited about this interview? I'm
0: very excited. Are you kind of geeking out a little? I I am because he was uh, so close and collaborating with uh, so many of the greats, you know, Sir Patrick Stewart, Jonathan Frakes, uh, Marina Sirtis, uh, all of the amazing actors that were in that Star Trek Next Generation cast and who came back for Picard. Super cool.
1: I got to be honest. I mean, I kind of feel like it would be like interviewing a real housewife.
0: For you. I totally would be. Yeah.
1: I, I would be like... Sort of dorky right now.
0: <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a little dorky right like now. My I heart's
1: hope. beating really fast on your behalf, but anyway, don't. I hope we don't nerd out too much on the Star Trek. We'll play it cool. Play it cool, cool. Okay, try. Yeah. Just try. Yeah. All
0: right. <laughs> okay. That's exciting. Um, we also want to give a shout out before we get to that interview to all the amazing things that's going on with Dungeons and Dragons, including our friends on the D and D Beyond uh, community stream, Latia. Jaquise and Amy Dolan have done amazing work uh, as well as uh, Sarah um, in in making um, it a fun interactive uh, show, hearkening back to all of the things that are going on in the community. So Mm -hmm. if you have not been paying attention to the D&D Beyond Twitch channel, make sure you go ahead and uh, start watching their weekly streams.
1: Yeah. And you're... Definitely check out the VODs um, if you don't get to see the stream live at, on Tuesdays. But this this one that they just did um, with Ben Byrne and Sean Merwin from Ghostfire Games was phenomenal.
0: Excellent. So
1: check it out. Also, cool can we give a special shout out to someone who is part of our D&D family? Yeah. Mr. Ryan Marth. Ryan produces this wonderful show. Ryan has a short film called Through the Stars that you can now see on WatchDust.com. Or you can go to YouTube, you can plug in Dust Channel and you can watch it there. But it is a beautiful, beautiful film. And it was executive produced by our very own Lisa Carr and Ryan Marth. And also Ryan wrote the, the screenplay. And it's out there and in the world. And did the music.
0: He did the music for and it as well. He it's he scored a very- his own film audio uh centric story and it's amazing go check it out if you're into uh i, I don't know kind of like you're the into 80s sci-fi films. ET kind of vibe uh it is it's wonderful um it so, is yeah.
1: and it's so exciting that it is it is out there for it's it made the circuit the film fest circuit <laughs> it's won awards and you should definitely check it out So, please go look at WatchDust.com or just go to YouTube and plug in Dust Channel. The movie is called Through the Stars.
0: Through the Stars. Through the Stars. Which is one of the uh, alternate titles for Dragon Talk when we were trying to come up with
2: Mm.
1: titles.
0: It was, why don't we just call it Through the Stars? Yeah. But (laughs) we didn't. (laughs) Then Ryan
1: Ryan took it.
0: (laughs) (laughs)
2: Can you, Ryan!
1: Very exciting! Um,
0: But speaking of stars, uh, I think it's time that we get to our star and talk to Mr. Todd Stashwick. Let's get him on. Let's welcome Todd Stashwick to Dragon Talk. (laughs) Yeah!
3: fanfare I brought my own. Yeah,
1: studio audience. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah.
3: You're a bard at heart. Yeah, I love it. Song and dance man, Greg. Just a song and dance man in Chicago.
0: I, I feel that, right? You've been you've been songing and dancing for a long time. Oh don't
3: even stop. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I am ancient. <laughs> I'm ancient. I just did the math and that I have been a professional actor for thirty years.
0: That's incredible that it's yeah, uh, uh, a people. storied, no. long career. But a lot of people are finding out about you for the first time, which is... I'm just sh- getting
3: warmed up, Greg. I know, right? <laughs> you got a at whole new legion of fans. At 54, Shelly, I'm making my debut onto the scene. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> the Paramount Plus debut uh, on... Uh,
3: who's that guy? Yeah. <laughs> so familiar. Was I? Yeah.
0: You have yeah. joined a storied uh, uh, franchise that people. I mean, I'm watching a lot of the older uh, Star Trek Next Generation episodes and constantly doing that thing. Oh, hey, look, there's that person that I remember from from that movie yeah. and that thing. And like yeah. now, you're you're a part of that now. How's that? Yeah. How's that feel?
3: It is. Uh, it is. Well, it's several things. Uh, it's it's amazing. Um, it is. It is. It's you know. It's all kinds of bucket list and. Um, so it's two careers, right? So it's the job. I've said this before. It's the job of doing Star Trek, and then it's the job of having done Star Trek, <laughs> right? And what and that does can that sustain mean? you for a long time. Well, it means after you've done it, you are now part of. You are now an ambassador. Yeah. Uh, you are um, a custodian of of a of a legacy, and so I am. I am part of the representing that. Tradition of compassion and kindness and logic and all of the things that Star Trek embodies, I then uh, have to carry that forward in a respectful, responsible, uh, open-hearted way.
0: Amazing. And you get the opportunity to do that at conventions and things like that because I feel like... 100%. Similar yeah. to the gaming world, there is yeah. a whole cottage industry of sci-fi conventions out there that... Uh, this is true. And ...are that's, banging that's, down your that's door. That's
3: also part of the, the job of having been on Star Trek.
0: Right. Oh. Right. That's really cool. And it, I mean, I know, Shell, you're not a huge Star Trek fan, so we won't uh, inundate There's you too time. much. Yeah. We, we,
3: if you want to step away and binge... All right, we'll We'll be back. We'll be back.
0: There's only like four thousand hours worth of content, but I think you
1: can do that. I can catch up. I will catch up very quickly,
3: including the animated series and the Muppets, Pigs in Space. So have at. I'll start there at the Muppets. Done. Yeah,
0: you should start there, or Galaxy Quest might be even better. (laughs) Um, But I love how. Star Trek and Dungeons and Dragons have a lot yes, in common. They really do. Right? All the kind of kindness and uh camaraderie of a bridge crew is not yeah. dissimilar from that of an adventuring party,
3: right? There's adventures to be had. There's um there's uh and you know, there's also fantastical elements, right? And when met with uh when met with fantastical elements, the, the parties have to find the ways to problem solve. It is about it is about uh creative problem solving yeah
0: yeah
1: definitely
0: yeah so when in your career did you start playing uh dungeons and dragons when was when was that uh the the origin oh, of, of I, that uh
3: i i'm i'm a i'm the stranger things kid like i started in seventy nine and uh and uh so i you know my older cousin my cool older cousin with the goatee yes. uh i remember him taking out his math rocks and his his uh his his pipe and his his character sheet uh and his uh his basic edition and i was just like how does this stuff connect because this is probably around 77 that i was introduced to it i'm like how does this connect to the hobbit or whatever it was that was i think the hobbit was 77 so like i was all into the hobbit and then that's sort of how he's like oh no it's like playing in the hobbit like what and I didn't grok it, or it took me a while to connect, but I loved all the toys. Like, I was like, I was the minis and the dice, and they're like, how is this a fantasy game? I don't understand, but I'm willing to learn. And then around 79, it was all the rage. Like, within two years, it was a brush fire. Uh, and then, so I played it pretty hardcore until 82. And then, say, uh, Satanic Panic. Yeah. Nobody's yep, favorite. I was that kid, where a camp counselor said, this is the gateway to Satan. And I and I bought it because I was young and imaginative and uh, gave all the books away. And then 150 years later, <laughs> took, uh, I want to say 2012, uh, uh actor, Abraham Ben-Ruby, was like, hey, I played oh. d and I, I was at an audition. He's like, I played D&D. I was up late playing D&D. I'm like, what? Wait, what? People are playing D&D? Because I had just about faced and went on with my life for a good long time, and then he was like, "Yeah." So then I went to eBay and bought all my books back, just so I could <laughs> smell them. For the <laughs> you know, at this point, the same <laughs> panic panic was hokum. Um, uh, I was a discerning adult and uh, bought the books back. I had nobody to play with, but I bought the books back. And uh, then around 2014, uh, I was like, "Enough is enough." And I went on Facebook. I'm like, "I want to play D and D again." And my buddy Yuri Lowenthal um showed up at my doorstep with the uh with the starter kit. He's like, me too. I'm no. like, you're gonna start D and D. And uh then I booked Twelve Monkeys and left town for three years. <laughs> so, <laughs> Close. So when I came back from Twelve Monkeys, uh the guy who was my trainer on Twelve Monkeys is also my DM, uh, uh, an amazing DM named David Nett became my my ambassador back to the game and, and he'd been you know, active and geek and sundry. And so he knew a lot of the people in the streaming community and, uh, we started a game that we've been playing for five years and that led me to DMing and that led me to teaching my daughter how to DM. And now wow. I have at least, I have about four games a month,
1: four games a month, different games, or are you playing weekly?
3: Well, it feels like that, doesn't it? Yeah. So there's three ongoings. Uh, one I'm a player at two I DM and then I do what not hardcore three a month, but or four a month. And then I, uh, and then I do one shots uh, often or yeah. charity, what charity events and and, and and the like.
1: That's amazing. God,
3: you got great hair, Greg. Look at that. <laughs> For the viewers at home who aren't viewing it, this man has a forest of salt and pepper glory. <laughs> sitting atop his noggin
0: it's more salt now
3: (laughs) it is legendary yeah let's talk about that Uh, it's legendary people
0: i appreciate that it's uh it's yeah it's the the one feature i've got so i'm like all right let's 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 put the spotlight on it as much as possible and
3: not to take away from your fantastic bang shelly i don't want this to become a it's not a contest
1: it's not. I am not intimidated by Greg's hair. I, I love that I get to bask in the, the hair glory.
3: Often, like several <laughs> several times a week. Well, it certainly casts like a, sh- a, a shadow. It does. <laughs> it does. Because it's standing that, up straight. Yes. Yeah. Cause,
1: cause, cause <laughs> I am very used to Greg's hair just stealing the limelight.
0: But I get
1: it. What are you going to do? Yeah. I it's get fine. It. Yeah.
0: Shelly stole the limelight uh, uh, this weekend when she was wearing uh, uh, bunny ears for our one shot that we were doing. What? Yeah.
1: Well, I was playing a herringon, so I needed to illustrate. I felt like I was a barbarian as well. So I was like, what would a bunny look like when a bunny a rages? Gone. Yeah.
3: <laughs> I made a contraction out of it. I made it one thing. That sounds very d d <laughs> It does.
1: Yeah. So I felt like his ears would probably stand up. I love it. So. I love yeah. it. I was into it. Yeah. Um, so, what you play and you DM—is yeah. that do you have a preference? Do you love them both equally? Where do you feel most comfortable?
3: Probably most comfortable behind the screen, just because of the joy of play. the The DM never takes his needle off the record. I think yeah. players can check in and out a little bit, yeah, uh, when it's not their turn. Uh, I you notice the phones come out, right? Um, but I, but I like the day. I mean, I just, I just love the, the the spirit of the game, and and I'm an improviser, so I love remaining nimble and zigging and zagging with them, and getting to play multiple characters throughout a session. Um, I'm pr- I probably if if somebody said you had to pick one for the rest of your life, it's DMing, and and also. You know, I often get the complaint, like, nobody's ever invited me to a game. I'm like, learn how to DM, <laughs> Then you are the one making the game. Yeah. Uh, my joke is that DMs are like the high school drug dealer in the <laughs> 80s. Like, no one wants to be one, but they won't get the party started without them. So, it's so, like, I encourage people to be a 1980s high school drug dealer. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I encourage people to DM. Like, I, I, I say, you then are the one who starts the party.
2: Yeah.
1: I think that is how 99% of Dungeon Masters become Dungeon Masters. Like, I want to play. Okay, I guess I'm doing this.
3: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Someone's I gotta start it. so people. I go, oh, do you play D&D? And they're like, nobody's invited me. I'm like, well, no, there's another route in. Yeah, and that route in is is DMing.
0: You got to be that organize. You got to have that kind of producer organizer brain, though. Hundred percent to a certain extent, right? So, I mean, 100%. you've done a bunch of that uh, as well, right? Yeah. In, in addition to acting, right? Have you
3: done any? I just facilitating uh, on, on on things. It's more like theatrical stuff. Not. Yeah, uh, I haven't like produced television or film, but I've done um, I've done more uh, like stage stuff quite a bit. Yeah,
0: yeah. When that takes. A village, right? Like you have to wrangle so many. Yeah, folks. yeah, 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 and you
3: also have to trust that somebody's going to do their job.
0: Right, right.
3: Because it's a lot of uh, it's a lot of um, it's a lot of taste making, and uh, and uh, delegating. Yeah.
0: S- similar yeah. to dungeon mastering as well, right? Like you D- to... see, it
1: all comes back round. It all yeah, does. It does. D D is the root of all things.
3: Kind of is.
0: Yeah. I love your, uh, your history at second city, uh, uh, you know, and, and, and coming up from, from that like kind of storied comedic background. Uh, what was that like? Did, Does that like inform well, your stuff I'm now? A, and
3: I mean, like I'm a, I'm a Chicago boy. Like I, I was born and raised there. In fact, uh, back in the day, my cousin and I used to go to camp in Lake Geneva and we would walk, oh, no way. We, would, we would walk to the dungeon in the uh in the early eighties and buy minis and dice and stuff at the dungeon. Like um, did
1: you realize you were like right there uh, in the hub of yeah. D. No, that's
3: why we went. Like that's amazing. We we knew that we uh, had a privileged position. I remember meeting a, a guy at a party and t- talking the guy had a shirt that said Gygax on it based on the band. I'm like, oh and I shared that story. And then uh my friend Kyle goes, Oh, this is uh this is Luke Gygax <laughs> <laughs> and, and that is and that is how I met Luke who has now become a fast friend but uh, it was like I'm like you know like sharing my little braggadocio I'm like well I, in the day I used to go to the dungeon and he's like oh that's great yeah I never made it there dad never we weren't dad wouldn't let like, me <laughs>
0: oh. <laughs> you never crossed past with him or maybe he did he just don't remember yeah
3: that. No, I, don't th- I don't think Luke was born yet
0: hmm he was he was the younger generation for sure. Yeah, I think. But he's, yeah.
3: I, think, I think he's a little younger than me. You um were recently at Gary Con, right? I was, I oh, was. Cool. I think that's my favorite one. Yeah, that's my favorite con. I mean, again, uh, oh, I completely skipped over your Second City question, but uh, <laughs> I will circle back. But yes, sure. I was, uh, I was at Gary Con. I love it. Again, playing D anD D with friends of mine who I played with back in the day who are still living in the Midwest, they show up to Gary Con. We roll dice together. Um, the, the vibe is so uh, homespun. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've been to Gen Con, which is huge, um, which actually also started in Lake Geneva. Uh, it's huge. There's something really intimate about Gary Con. if you haven't attended. It's it's so good. Yeah. So, and next year is the 50th, as you know. Uh, of Dungeons and the so Dragons, it, right? Yeah, it'll, yeah. DNA, and it's the so. 15th of the fifteenth of Gary Khan, is that right? Is that match it's up correctly? Seventeenth, I oh, believe. Man. I think it's the seventeenth, Gary Khan.
0: That's why I need the math rocks because I'm not very good at. That's, at very,
3: good. Yeah. That's what logs are for. Yeah. <laughs> it's four
0: d six years old. That's what um, it is.
3: <laughs> but answer your Second City question. Uh, yeah, I was in. Uh, I was in Second City. I started studying there in 90 and then I went through the training center and then I was in the train company and I wrote uh, and improvised shows uh, for the resident companies uh, and including Second City Detroit. Um, and then I left in 95 uh, I was up for Saturday night live. So I went to New York to to hawk my wares uh did not get it but it moved me to new york but uh the That's skills cool. uh you know the seeds of of improv are planted in my youth uh playing this game did you uh i mean just loving snl stories
0: like what was that audition process like
3: it was crazy because you know I, we were flown out there and i did my uh audition where the host um does his monologue um, and so I got to be there in Studio 8H and stand there and look out at the empty chairs, and you know you kind of do your bit for for in the dark uh, for no one because all the executives are up in a room yeah. somewhere watching you on a monitor. Uh, but it was fun, like what a what a thing! Like how, you know, you, you, there's moments in my in my career that I, I kind of track and and, and dog ear and go okay this is special don't forget this this is special and that's definitely definitely up there and even if i never booked the show it was suddenly like this kid from the suburbs of chicago is suddenly through gumption and opportunity and luck uh finds himself here you know it's wild
0: yeah it is wild my um my, uh, I have a college friend, Bobby Moynihan, who got ah. on, and uh, having him tell stories about it is just absolutely I've, uh,
3: I've, I've crazy. I've met Bobby a few times, because he's close, obviously, with Taren, Uh Yeah, Cole, yeah. yeah who's been Taren's, playing D&D
0: uh, with Joe and the yep. crew. Yeah,
3: and De- Taryn's played. I, I've had him do um, a couple games. He did a charity game with me as well. Uh, he's And I did a Disney Channel thing with him a uh, hundred years ago, literally almost 20 years ago. <laughs> Oh, yeah. yeah, I yeah, love all the puppy, connections, right? Puppy, and yeah. then it's even it's a college town. It really is. Well, and
0: then just speaking of those connections, you mentioned, uh, Abe Ben Ruby, and I think we might have heard the the other side of that story from from Matt Lillard getting Abe to play for the first time uh, and and being in that group, and you just happened to be there, like you know, a day well, after one yeah. of him playing it. Yeah. It's amazing. And then
3: he had mentioned Lillard, and it was mind blowing because here I was in my forties hearing about D anD D that I I literally. Didn't even think about it from when I slammed those, you know, unholy doors uh, <laughs> until I reopened them uh, years year, years later. It was it was one of those like a little like spark in my soul, like that had been that door had been shut.
1: It and never then, fully
3: shut, and it never fully shut, and it and it opened up again, and and it really was a homecoming. It really. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you, I, I, I'm i striving for that feeling and it's right there. And uh, I, I absolutely, because the game scratches all of these itches, including uh, a nostalgic itch, but as well as fellowship and improvisation and theater and storytelling and yeah. fantasy, it really folds it all into one place. But yeah, but but like my, my, my D&D is very much rooted in that, Late '70s, early '80s vibe. And yeah. So uh, I love, like, I'm a Greyhawk boy. Hey, <laughs> while I have you, any chance we're gonna <laughs> see some Greyhawk?
1: Uh, if it were up to us, yeah,
3: you want it? I just, sure. Lo- I just love it. I love how kind of gritty and stark and dangerous it all feels. I love it.
0: And, and yeah. I wonder how much of that is nostalgia, too, right? Because I think. Folks going back to it now, they'd be like, "Hmm, I'm not sure what is so appealing about <laughs> what, this." What's was so
3: dangerous? Here? What's yeah. appealing about Greyhawk? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, I understand it, it but like, um, it's of uh, well, it's also it's also a taste. It's also where where your fantasy is is rooted, and mine yeah. was is rooted. Some people's is rooted in anime, and some people's are are, are rooted. In, mine is rooted firmly in uh, in like Excalibur and. Krull and Hmm. Tolkien, and that's where my fantasy lives. Um, and currently, like Northman and the Green Knight, like that's like when I'm playing D&D that's what I'm seeing in my head. Oh, interesting. Um, but other people, like I said, they came up with Final Fantasy, they came up with Narnia, and and so it's probably a much more buoyant and, and colorful uh realm that that lives in their head and so so you're 100 right it is it is what what are your buttons that uh, are pushed with fantasy and where do you seek fantasy some people's game of thrones yeah yeah
0: the thing i always loved about greyhawk was that idea that maybe it's actually our past <laughs> right like that there was this major uh uh cataclysm that happened because of yes. war because of the Cold yes. War, basically, and I'm like, yes. oh, that's what I—I I mean, as a as an '80s kid, that is the it's like it's Red Dawn and what happens afterwards. I'm yeah. like, oh gosh,
3: yeah, I, yeah, I like it. I also like um, I like, and I try to. I mean, I I play Five E now, uh, but I try to give my games that that survivor vibe. Mm-hmm. Like, I we'll see if you get through this week. <laughs> <Like> it's, <laughs> it's dangerous, and and my daughter. She wants to hold on to her character for the rest of her life. Yeah, so, I relate so, to that. <laughs> yeah, so so it's very much about her building. Uh, and she'll build characters she doesn't even play, and she'll draw them, and she she lives very much in that world, as does her friends, and they're they're as invested as I ever was, uh, if not more, because there's more choices. Uh, there's more. There's more races to choose from, and there's more subclasses to choose from. We were like fighter, magic user, hmm. uh, thief, and th- that's thief it. And, and elf was a class. Yeah. Um, but I played uh,
0: elves because they were the fighter, mage, thieves that could do anything. 100%!
3: Yeah. And and so uh, I uh, that's what I think is so great about the game is it's liquid and it'll fit any shape decanter, right? You whatever your taste is, there's a version of the game that will suit it. Or you bend the game to the things that you want it right. to be. Yep. Yeah.
1: Did I see, um, uh, on Twitter that, are you playing tomb of horrors right now?
3: Well, it's a, it's an augmented version, but, okay. uh, because it's a level, they're level four, so there's no way that they would actually survive, and no. barely anybody does survive. And and the way I've worked it into the narrative is, it, it has already been plundered by a powerful uh, a powerful ex wizard, uh, and so much of the it has been some of the traps have been tripped, but But I just realized that this group that I do my campaign with probably would never have an opportunity to taste it. Uh yeah. they're they're just not gonna go to a convention and do a run of Tomb of Horrors. And so I wanted to incorporate in the game. I also wanted to put in just a classic grinding dungeon crawl for a few sessions. Because we had been on they'd been on the run and lots of open air and lots of you know combat, combat, combat. And so narratively I wanted to slow the way thing. down basically put a 10 foot pole in their hands and make them poke at every
2: <laughs> um,
3: <laughs> That's, that's what I wanted. And, and and again, most of the players at the table are new to the game. And so I wanted to give them that, that OSR flavor, uh, without, but I will say one of my players did die in the tunnel. She crawled into the green devil mouth. <gasps> and I'm sitting at the table and I'm giving her every opportunity to not do it because I'm a very generous Dutch fan. So. Uh huh. And I'm like, are you sure? Are are you sh- okay? You're choosing this, and then she's like, yeah, <laughs> I want to see what's in there. I'm a rogue. I want to. Maybe there's a gem or something. I'm like, you cease to exist. Oh, like, yeah.
1: I'm sorry. <laughs> Excuse what? me. What?
3: <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, you cease to exist. And then there's that feeling across the table where everybody goes, "I was like, not fun anymore. Not fun. Yeah. Not fun. It's not fun anymore. Stakes are high." Nobody wants their characters to die. And again, we were going back to say back in the day, we were so used to our characters. Like, yeah, you didn't survive this round. All right. Yep. Make a new one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's
0: why you had three or four henchmen lined up, ready to go.
3: Yes. That's exactly. <laughs> yeah. <you're> like, okay. <laughs> Send them into the hole.
0: Morty's um, dead. Let's get Larry.
3: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. So, so she, she did die. And, uh, you know, things occurred and, and, <laughs> and we're, you know, we, we worked it out. Uh, but uh, yeah, so I, I did, uh, I woven in two of Horrors and it's, it's not Tomb of Annihilation. I just pulled it out of uh, Tales from the Yawning Portal. Yeah. And just running that one. It's so fun.
0: It is. Be super they fun they to just mind.
3: finished the, uh, they just survived the tilting hallway. Oh, my God. The, they survived,
1: that, though. That's good.
3: They did survive. What do you got? What are you holding I up? I'm going to send you one of these. This is one of the what? pieces of swag
0: we made for uh, Tales from the Awning Portal that I just refound. The, uh, oh,
3: my God. Cloth map. I, if you have an X-Tree. Yeah. <laughs> I love that.
0: I got, I've got two here, but yeah, it's got all the, it's got notes in it from the, uh, from from whoever uh, made That's them. Oh uh, so fun! Can help or deceive. It's kind of like the players' maps of uh, they're about, of keys from the golden vault, where it's like hmm, yeah. maybe
3: this information's not accurate. Yeah, Check right. It it's all yeah, trust trust. What's it? Uh, un- unreliable narrator. Totally. Um, they're about two thirds of the way through. They're about two thirds of the way through. And again, like I said, I've I've simplified it, but but I've also I've also prepped them i said this this is a gary dungeon this is about yeah about taking your time and and i'm also doing the uh you don't just say i check for traps i'm like where do you check what are you touching are your are your hands running along the flagstone well you didn't find one there where are you like <laughs> I'm, I'm making them do it old school style and they're really digging it uh because again it, it it really slowed everything down and uh, and it's it's a bit of a, a crawly grind, and it's it's really fun. Yeah,
0: I like that and it's Scary. Be-
3: They're feeling the claustrophobia. Yeah, itself. totally
0: right. And I like that because it's instructive. Of like, here's a different style of of the way the game can be
3: played and pacing wise, and it's popping it kind of into an in. ongoing campaign. Yeah, which is really cool. It like really just changed things up and fit, and fast. Like suddenly they walked into that first hallway and because they had the first half of an adventure that day and then they came to the hill and they walked in and i and i got my little dwarven forge and i got my mini that that i i have a little does it here <laughs> it. oh
0: ready that is, we can hear the click of the clock. Ah, oh you no! have that nice and the i green for, for devil the at
3: home yeah the green devil face yeah and i stuck it to a wall and i have i have the little um Fog, fog monster. So I had mist coming out of the doorway, and man, that's so yeah, cool. I love the theater of it all. I love You're the a theater hands-on theater on DM. Yeah. I
0: feel like you know more and more people need to experience that, right? That kind of fog <laughs> machines, like that's that's ridiculous. Yeah. Well.
3: well, I don't know if you know, but uh, I, <laughs> I I have my own signature game table.
0: Yeah, um, I'm, a I'm like called the weather, weather dragon. dragon.
3: Yeah, he makes game tables, and he made him makes a beautiful beast of a table called the Harbinger, and um, and it was too big for my nerd lair. And he goes, oh. "Well, what if we design one that suits your needs, and then I add it to my inventory and call it the Stashwick?" I'm like, "Yeah, oh. please." Bonus, right? And so, so the joke is, if somebody told ten year old Stashwick that he'd somehow have a game table, he'd be like, <laughs> "Yeah, that totally tracks." Um. <laughs> because, it, and it's beautiful, but it, it has a little recessed vault with LEDs and it has it has plugs for people's iPads because people play on D&D Beyond now. Oh, and it that's has, awesome. Yeah, it's, it has little braziers, little burning fire pits on each post. What? I Love always the pronounce theater. that brazier, and I
0: know that's wrong, but
3: that's the way well, I've always <laughs> pronounced it.
0: Uh, it
1: could, it I could
3: I have that, those too. I, there, there's flaming braziers. The <laughs> yeah.
1: Just get comfortable. Place to hang it. There's you know, foam. just
3: put it and light yeah. it ablaze. Yeah, right. <laughs> After a
1: few hours. Yeah. Uh, so you mentioned uh, the fog machine is super cool, but also that you were trying to help that poor rogue not crawl into the green devil face giving- as a DM.
3: I'm on their side.
1: I okay. So I was going to ask, like, what, 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 what else do you do as a DM? Like, what would be what's your signature? If your players described you,
3: I'm theatrical. Like, I love the sound effects and really sinking into the atmosphere of the thing, just painting the pictures. Um, and I love jumping into like a little improvised scene with the, with the player characters as an NPC. Um, I'm yeah. Like I said, I love the theater of it all. That's, I mean, that's what I am. I'm an actor boy. And so, and that goes into the theater of the fog machines. I love the Dwarven Forge. I love maps. And the minis, I love all of the, the pomp of it. Doesn't mean I we can't do a, a quick and dirty theater of the mind, uh, but I like doing the reveal, like because the tabletop has a flat topper, mm. and then you can you can play on the top of it. But then, like, I'll send them out of the room because I got something set up underneath, and then there's a oh. big reveal, and yeah,
0: that is that it. is the theatricality of it for sure.
3: It's like doing yeah. all the stuff that I didn't have the access to when I was 11. Yeah. But it's all the stuff I would have wanted to do And you know, we spend our adulthood living the childhood of our dreams.
0: That is sweet. So, in addition to being a DM and a player and all this main stuff, you're also creating a cookbook of yeah, cocktails. Yeah. I guess it's not a, a cookbook. It's books. a cocktails. cocktail book.
1: Mystic libations.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, we were so brandon cleely who is my partner in crime on this he's a former imagineer uh he does uh Mm -hmm. art direction and set design basically like if you go to trader sam's at disneyland the tiki bar yeah look at all of the decorations on the wall that's that's uh his jam like he knows how to set the stage and set the scene and he knows photoshop and design and all of this but he also is a huge uh, tiki aficionado and he had never played D&D and this was during the kind of the height of lockdown and I mm. met him on Instagram and uh, he was a fan of 12 Monkeys and he's like hey can I interview you I'm like absolutely we hit it off like we would known each other forever he said i never played D&D and then I'm like wow well. <laughs> <laughs> wow well, 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 that's and, the magic and I, think, and, and, and I also then I will think that like the current fervor of D was certainly you know if there was an upside to lockdown it was we yeah. all had this game to play and it gave yeah. us safe harbor uh in, the, in these really weird uncertain times and so to that i said hey let's make it a, a dnd inspired drink for this week's adventure so let's make a a, a game a, a, like named after the tavern that we have in this episode or named after a goblin or something like that. Let's make a drink. And, and so that no matter where we all were, everybody was connected by even just tasting the same beverage. I love that, and so it was. It was. A, it was a, a form of fellowship and con- connection, and and of course, because he's a Photoshop wizard, he made a like a really cool looking recipe that I could then attach to the email that I would send out to the players, and then everybody could get the ingredients. Then we're all toasting and drinking the same drink. And then I'm about to, to about like five or six of them, I was like, I think we're onto something. In the same, same night. W- oh, <laughs> yep. <laughs> That'll be five or six drinks. Five no judgment. Separate sessions. <laughs> yeah, no judgment. <laughs> yeah, the joke was uh, the joke was the Venn diagram of people who enjoy cocktails and plead d and are just a complete circle. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, but there's alcoholic or non-alcoholic beverages in there as well. Um, so we, let, we we were like, I think people might enjoy this. And so we went on Kickstarter and said, hey, we're doing this fantasy RPG inspired cocktail book you can name a drink after your character it was part of the part of the kickstarter we ended up pre-selling a thousand copies um and then uh printed up a bunch that we then made available on my website the nerd circus and his website traderbrandon.com and uh it's it's been doing good like it's been doing good like i said and the way i structured it is uh There's a lot of art. We have a lot of great artists, Yeah, but it's also a story. So it it opens with the proprietors of the bar. You meet them before each chapter of of the book. There is um, a short story like, so here's the rum and tequila beverages, and here's the story of how they acquired them, uh, the proprietors, and then here's the gin and vodka, and here's the story of that, and then it all adds up to a playable one-shot at the back uh that's so
1: cool the maps are beautiful
3: they're pretty right yeah Uh, and that's a great program that you can subscribe to called incarnate that you can make them online it's a great program i use that for my fantasy stuff it's really good right yeah it is good um and so we made the maps that are free to download on on my website and his website and then then my buddy david net made some new magic items we created a playable subclass called a, uh, a Arcade Mixter, uh, <laughs> yeah. uh school of Arcade Mixology. It's a Bardic subclass. Oh, I um, like that. Oh, not it was really. That? Yeah. Super fun. And, and it just was a celebration of TTRPG. And, and again, Tiki itself is fantasy. So, so it was a really, it, I was amazed at how organically the two things came together because it is potions, right? like when you're mixing cocktails that are colorful and delicious, you're making potions. Um, and there's stories behind each beverage. And and it's really, uh, you know, the the, the the tavern that we created for the game is called the Bloodthorn Tavern, uh, where where, uh, the, where the drinks are legend and the story is intoxicating.
1: Oh, that's so good. good. That's so good. Yeah. Pretty fun, right? Could, yes, can I, uh, you give us some examples? Sorry. Yeah. I'm still on the the cocktails, Greg, because you know yeah. this is this is where this is my Star Trek.
0: Now I wish we had Jewish. one together that we had, drunk, <laughs> there it uh, is. we had mixed up for this recording. The, drunk, the Drunky Two
1: shoes. Yes. Some <laughs> of your favorites.
3: Uh well, there's one named after my character from uh from Twelve Monkeys called the Scav King. I'm a big Mai Tai guy, but I'm also a whiskey guy. So it's essentially a whiskey Mai Tai. Oh it's delicious. Delicious. We have a drink uh named for ian mckellen Mm. we have a we have a drink for him let me let me see if i can find that one because that one makes me laugh uh (laughs) because i I wrote a little poem for him and it is called the wizard's whisker i just got to see where it's at and we have challenge ratings for each of the drinks so the more difficult the drinks are (laughs) the uh the the higher the challenge rating so like some of them involve like lighting a sugar cube on fire and so it's, it's a bit more. Oh, and also there's a whole like these are the tools you need to yeah. make drinks with.
0: Oh, um, yes.
3: And then making different types of syrups. So it's like it's as
0: it's like a teaching e- of bartending as well
3: yes. as all of this 100%. the potions class. Percent. Okay, it's the Gray Wizard. So oh. this is the drink, the Gray Wizard. And uh, it is a vanilla vodka with kalua, and then there's root liqueur, so it has a little root beer. Ginger beer, lemon juice, and simple syrup. Uh, so here we go. Uh, here's the little poem. Graviturgical wizard, when spoke of, it's heard. He's well-schooled in literature. This drink is inspired by those he admired. Uh, Hisself, a man of his word, a bard of the stage. On screen was a mage. He also played Richard the Third, a knight for the queen. What a life it has been for this masterful gentleman bird!
1: Oh, uh, that's beautiful.
3: So uh, Brandon uh, actually played young Ian McKellen in *Gods and Monsters*. Oh, no wow! Man. So he knows him, and so we wanted to make a drink in honor of Gandalf, and uh, and and that. So. It's a, it's just a delightful uh, a delightful experiment that we did and it was a lot of fun.
0: I dig that and I love the story too about how everybody in your group over Zoom or whatever was having the same drink. I love that, that because Yes. There's such connection. a yep. Yeah, right? It's a connection, right? And you don't get that too often especially when you're playing Online, right? You get that a little bit when you're when you're in the same area. Uh, I always love maps for that reason because it's like the one time where the characters and the players are both looking at the same thing and and making decisions based on on the same thing. But uh, you know, I think yeah. Dungeon Masters can use a lot of the theatricality stuff that you're talking about. But drinks are are, are amazing for that. And you mentioned yes. potions. I one yes. of my favorite DMs used flavor notes for when in, thinking of old school uh, Renaissance type stuff he used flavor notes whenever we found a potion. He would never tell us what the potion was. He would just be like, oh, this potion uh, tastes like, uh, you know, uh, lemon. And it was always consistent that lemon meant a strength potion or something. Oh, right?
1: that's That's cool. a good idea.
0: Yeah. And so we would have to taste it a little bit and then piece together. What do we remember? Do we take the notes? Do we know what this means? And we're like, you know, trial that's and error. So good. Yeah.
3: I love that. I love a making your players work and remember stuff. Right. Um, because I will often throw it out to them to let me know where they're at in the game, because memory is fuzzy. You know? <laughs> like, right. Like, like I, I try to remember as much as I can, and I take my notes. But it's also, you know, they know what they know and they or, or what they choose to write down. It's it, it, make them work for it a little bit. But I do love I love the Cantrip candles and 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 all of those. Oh yeah. That make this sense that like the Dead of Thieves. Uh, it's like leather and fire smoke. I'm like this is. Again, that it's all it, it, it all adds to, you know, we live in very cynical, cynical times. Yeah. Uh, and if we can, like, close a door for four to five hours and just celebrate each other and story, because that's where story is, empathy. Yeah. And uh, it's the best. It yeah. is the best.
0: Yeah. 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 And that sense of playful wonder that you can only really get when you do those type of reveals that you're talking about, when you're like, oh, look at this thing that I've made. 100%. What beats that, right? What beats that it's, joy that you see in people's it eyes?
3: It's as good as it gets. Mm. Amazing.
1: <laughs> Can we it's talk good. a little bit also about game design? You dabble in
3: that field as well? Uh, I do not dabble in design. Writing? I dabble in the narrative. The narrative. Of, and currently I'm co-writing on a Captain America Black Panther game for Skydance New Media. Um and marvel uh so i i uh i marvel at the wizards that uh are actually designed and i get to you know because of the way that uh, the woman who uh has brought me along for these journeys uh amy hennig created uncharted
0: oh Um, yeah she's a
3: she has been my collaborator for like a decade now and uh i worked on a star wars game with her for a while um She's very collaborative, so she invites narrative to sit on, uh, sit in on the the uh, level design as well as the art. Uh, we are part of the conversation, so that there's a verisimilitude uh, through the whole process. Um, so if it ever if there's ever a question and I can answer it from a narrative standpoint, I'm there for that. Uh, yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a really cool thing. And again, it all tethers back to this, right? Because because D and D and the you know the, the mechanics uh, are all under the hood in so many video games, hit points and the like.
0: I love it when I when I, I hear about video game development because it can be so different from from anything really. Like it, yeah. it, there's so many different moving parts. It's different than than film uh, because the you know the things can take years and years and years and hundreds and hundreds of people to to complete. Yeah, but having that narrative kind of you know, through line, that foundation is super important. It's important. It's
3: important. And Everything it, has and, to and come from that. if you feel that. the stakes, if you feel the stakes of, of, of why you are, I mean, look, let's be honest. Many video games are just murder simulators, right? And so uh, <laughs> Call of Duty and whatnot, like that's what they are. And so uh, you're going through and you're mowing down as many uh virtual humans as you possibly can, or monsters, or ghosts, or or aliens or whatever it is, but the narrative then gives us this, this framework to see what's at stake to feel uh feel the, the the forward momentum.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Did you uh switching back to to Star Trek because I feel like
3: there's what? No?
0: so so there's much more to <laughs> unpack there. The surface. I know, right? But it, it, you know uh you got to be at least on set with uh Mika Burton uh and all that. So yeah. did you guys trade any D&D stories? She's been on, you know, a bunch of stuff she, here uh, from Wizards.
3: She's actually going to be coming to play D&D with me in a few weeks. That's great. Um we have not uh rolled dice together yet. Uh that has been a harder thing to get off the ground. Um and so uh so so uh, we did trade stories and I just we she just rented out the Alamo draft house to watch the final two episodes uh oh, of sweet. Picard and, and, and the the critical role folks were there and so it's always it's always game talk. Uh, it's always game talk. It always comes back to that. <laughs> you can't help yourself.
0: Have you uh, been able to convince any of the other cast to to yeah. join the D and D trend? Uh,
3: well, Terry Metalis, who is uh, our our showrunner, he has played with me, and I think you know Will Wheaton has. Uh, yeah, we've talked about rolling dice together. Uh, I'll let it be a surprise if and when it happens. I'm not going to out anybody until they've actually committed. <laughs> uh, and I'm not going to put any pressure on them because it's a slow walk for some people. It's a, it's a, they see it as very intimidating, I think.
0: Yeah, that's yeah. something that we've encountered a lot, right? And I, yeah. I, I mean, how many, it doesn't, how many times you can say like it's not intimidating; it's just acting. You're having fun. You're doing all the things you're using from your from your day job uh, for yeah. this thing, right? So, have you? How, how have you? Any tactics you found on how to get people to kind of understand that?
3: You, well, the phrase that I the, the 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 thing that helps people, I think, understand it the quickest is I say it's improvised storytelling, where the dice determine the outcome of the things you want to do and so uh yeah and then i'll just give them short examples it's like you're trying to climb you're trying to throw a rope to get yourself out of a pit you roll the dice to see if you're able to get that rope to hook up around a tree with the grappling hook. That oh, didn't work. Oh, in fact it fell, you rolled a 1. Well, the grappling hook fell back to the <laughs> thing and bonked your dwarf friend on the head. Like and then they they start to go, "Oh, wow." So like a simple die roll inspires story. I said, "Yes, and there's no bad rolls, only good stories." Oh, I so, love that. Right? And so so it's all like in in filmmaking and in storytelling and in book it's it's all about upturns and downturns and and dice rolls determine the upturns and downturns and they get it then they do get it and then when they see it in plot practice and play there was there's a great little video that uh it was a one-on-one with mercer and steven colbert
0: yes yeah and, i saw that
3: and he's sort of taking Steven back through the game, uh, red-nosed egg thing. Yeah. It was just the two of them. And so I will send people that as a, a little primer before they come to the table because they can see somebody who's not quite grokking it, get it explained to them again, and then see how it all lays itself out. And they're like, okay, that looks like a lot of fun. I have taken my 80-plus-year-old mother on three or four adventures already.
1: Wow. What? Wait, you play with your mother? I do.
3: I do. My mom loves it.
1: So was, loves it. was your mother ever, you know, back in the, the days, the 80s, was she in support of you giving away oh, your yeah. books? Yeah,
3: absolutely. Oh, she wasn't in support of me giving away my books. I don't think she thought about it. I think mm. she was she was absolutely in support of me playing the game. Oh. My dad made my DMs box. They were not the ones who were pushing me to, away from the game. It was that camp counselor camp that got under my skin. <laughs> um, Some teenager. But, but it was it was very much, very much, uh, she was very supportive of the game. Uh, my decision to leave the game was, was my own childhood fears. Uh, mm. And I'm so glad I came back. Right. Yeah, because it has what, informed so much of my life. You know.
1: Yes. and it's it's that like you said that connection between other people. Like we get we get to talk to you because of Dungeons and Dragons. 100%. I don't know don't know if our paths would have crossed otherwise, but we you have it it's that common ground that you now have with wherever yeah. you go. There can be yeah. that.
3: And the and the and the relationships, the new relationships and friendships that I have forged and, yeah. and and created new things, right? Like created created adventures that are memories that I have created a book, created a, a table with yes. Mother Dragon, like like I've like, I've I've been so fortunate to find people like minded souls that, like you just said, that I would not have otherwise connected with michael Jimenez, who worked at weather dragon in on on the east coast like i never would have met this guy uh had it not been and and you know we've made a thing together uh and it's exciting like it's exciting and it's fun and it's uh and i'm a firm believer that the reason that we exist is to play yeah like that's the meaning of life alan watts like that is why we are here uh everything else we do we feed ourselves we clothe ourselves we medicine ourselves we uh go to our work so that we can play um that's the reason that we are conscious is to celebrate our consciousness and whatever that is whether that's rock climbing for you or surfing or building a table or uh you know squash like are you a gardener that's your form of play <laughs> but that's the reason that i think we're here that's the reason we're alive
0: right and that's i mean the, the maslow hierarchy of needs thing right where you're like okay here's the basics and then community is one of those
3: yep. mm-hmm. self-actualization and self-actualization yeah. is play
0: it's play it's true
3: yeah i love I it so it's, D-D it's helps the most about important thing Um, So I do not consider this a hobby. I consider I do so much everything else. I do Star Trek so that I can play Dungeons & Dragons.
0: (laughs) Well, uh, I mean, uh, spoiler for anybody who has not seen the conclusion of uh, uh, season three of Picard. If you don't want us to get spoiled, stop now. Um, but what's? I'm asking that because what's the future, right? Because there are things that occurred to you, but then I see your name still being talked about in, in, in I died, these future right? things. My yes.
3: character died.
0: Yes, Ca- Captain Liam Shaw died. But you He's know, no more. So did Data. He ceased to
3: exist. He ceased. Exist, can't you they put you into, into an android
0: body like they did picard like it's that easy
3: well like I, yeah again i joke that like if there's an immemorium, i want to be in the one that has spock data and picard because, <laughs> <laughs> they all come back <laughs> yeah so i, I mean, like it's science fiction it's not like i died on law and order um, <laughs> uh uh they just, just the write a new character for you there anyway law order. Yep. yeah i think i've done one of those shows twice as two different characters. Yep. Um but uh, yeah it's science fiction. So you they're Terry Metalis uh and, and the and the, the, the crack team of writers that they would have if we got a spin off. Uh, of some kind, uh, and that right now there is no intention of one that I know of. Uh, but if if uh, if the fans, uh, the pressure has been amazing, and the fans managed to persuade Paramount to make more adventures in space, Terry's got a plan to see this stupid dipshit from Chicago again.
1: That's me. That's me. That's me. That's me. Okay, D and D fans, they can. They're good at getting what they want. So let's rally, <laughs> rally the
2: troops.
1: <laughs>
0: I've got a pitch, though. I've got a pitch. What about Spelljammer? Mm. Right? Instead of you just being on, you know, whatever starship from the United Federation
3: of Planets, you're actually just going I to. I just show up uh, in, in wild space. Yeah. yeah just riding a,
1: riding a space whale. Yeah. I'm all
3: for it. <laughs> I'm all for it. I'm wrestling with. There's your spinoff. And GIF. Yeah. I'm all for it. Yep. Kick, kick yeah. In Wild For Space. Final. My, the
1: mind. You mentioned you have the same mind this. flayer.
0: I don't what's not that. If you remember, this is the Wild Space. It's a TSR what? commercial. No. Yes, this is on YouTube. You can actually see the finished thing of this. It's terrible. But it is an artifact that I found. I, I love I it. Greg actually, has
1: all the treasures. It's
0: it's an actual it's so VHS jealous. cassette tape that I don't my, know how My to play. dad,
1: my dad could play that for you.
3: Yeah. Do you have an extra wood grain box lying around that you don't want?
0: Of the uh, of the uh, the, with the, the, the books? Yes. Actually, I do.
3: <laughs> you do? You have an extra?
0: There's one back there. It's holding up my my incense right now. <laughs> The wood
3: grain,
0: <laughs> yes. The wood grain box. The the, the reissued ones. The reissued ones we did oh, in like 2013, 2012.
3: An original. I, I have the, a white box. Ooh, yeah, really? I have a white box. Yeah. That
0: you got on eBay when you were doing your, your purchasing. I did. repurchase. It,
3: it was a gift. Uh, from Amy actually. Uh, oh no, my, way. my collaborator. Yeah, she's also an old school D and D nerd as well. Um, but yeah, so I have a wood grain. Uh, I don't have a wood grain. I want a wood grain, but uh, literally, it was quoted to me as twenty-seven thousand dollars. And they said, Oof. "I can't wait to see who gets it." Holy! Because <laughs> ain't gonna be me. That was at one of my at this point. favorite parts at of going back
0: point. to Garycon was looking at the the collector's stuff that's there. they're yeah. Like, wow,
3: this is this is history. It's, so it's good. You know, are you going next year, you guys?
0: I'd love to. We we uh, went back in like twenty and- nineteen. Was that when we went, Shelley? I think so.
1: Yeah. I- yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Twenty nineteen.
0: Yeah, and we had a lot of fun talking to people there and like getting the history from all the folks who were, you know, yeah. Uh, so it, it is
3: it's so fun. A, it's so good. Yeah, a,
1: a collection of who's who in the D and D history. 100%. It's just a walking history. It's amazing.
3: It's so good. I love it.
0: Yeah, um, I love it. Well, I, I would love to <laughs> see you there uh, uh, next year, as well as uh, all the amazing conventions and events that That's you'll be attending the plan. now going forward. Um, People should check out uh, Mystic Libations. Critical Cocktails for the Thirsty Adventurer. What a good name.
3: Thanks. You're going to do subtitles
0: just like Shelly is. It's catchy.
3: It's catchy. (laughs) I do
1: like a long subtitle. Yeah,
3: I just had a big push. I got as many as I could mailed out. before. I think we may need to go into a second printing. Oh, wow. that's, to that's good how to do news because this first this first printing was kickstarted. So I don't know how we'll do a second printing. Uh, but we'll figure it out. Um, hey, kickstarted but, again. And then, and then maybe there'll be a second book. I don't know. Hey, if there's any publishers out
2: there.
1: Like, <laughs> right? Look at the success. want to
3: publish a really fun cocktail book. We got mm,
1: one. Greg and I know um, a publisher.
3: It's true. You do. I really yeah, do. Well, well, if, let's talk. How can they get involved if
0: uh, you want them to reach out to you?
3: Uh, they can, you guys have my email. <laughs>
0: <No>. <laughs> Sorry, that was me trying to be like, hey, where are you on socials? Uh, oh, uh, really? <laughs> tea <here?">
3: Great tea <laughs> up, Greg. Thanks. Uh, I'll take it from here. Um, they can find me at Todd Stashwick on uh, on the Twitter and uh, at T Stashwick on um, on Instagram, and that's about it. I'm not on, I'm, I don't Twitch and I don't tick nor talk. <laughs> You're not a Mastodon. Uh, quite. Yet. I'm not a Mastodon. <laughs> uh, I'm a dinosaur.
0: <laughs> See, that, I was teeing you up for that one. <laughs> Thank you, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> well, this has been super fun. I love... All of these stories, and I uh, can't wait to you know roll dice with you and see you rolling dice with more people in the future. Yes, on that beautiful yes, table on the stashwick. On the stashwick. It is,
3: yeah. So go to the weatherdragon.com and you can check out the stashwick table. Michael Jimenez, is he is a master craftsman, and it is a beautiful piece. And then uh, and you can check out my nerdy stuff on TheNerdCircus.com and go to traderbrandon.com. Sarah, I did all the hopping.
0: You did Very it. Nice. I it's have hot. drooled. I have drooled over those those uh, weather dragon tables so much. Like it's they beautiful. are beautiful.
3: Oh, They're so good. And and the and the the the, the stashwick is. I wanted it wheelchair accessible, and I wanted it to be able to fit more in a living room. The Harbiger is bar stool height. It's yeah. gorgeous, mm-hmm. uh, so that you could kind of stand at the table because sitting for hours can get a little tedious. But I just wanted something a little more. A little more intimate, and so he's like, "Then we're making that." So now he's—you have choices when you go to his site. But he's—he's so cool. uh, he's a master, and, and he's actually, uh, I believe, bringing a Stashwick to dairycon next year. So, oh, nice! In, in, we'll see in, it in, in real life. See it in flesh. Mm-hmm. Next, next step is to
0: do the standing because de- you know the desk that moves up and down. Now you can do yeah. that with a gaming table. Yeah, uh, hydraulics.
1: That, right.
3: right. I would that would that. be so
1: cool, especially if you could have like. Tiamat rising from the Come center on. of the oh. table, Come on. and real Please. fire. Love it. love it. The oh, I, there she is. I the same.
3: The I had it. to.
0: I had to. Once he said beautiful. it, beautiful. Got to make it right. Greg amazing.
1: showing off all his toys. This has been a oh show and tell podcast, Let's right? Look at this. Perfect for on. audio.
0: Everyone loves that. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks so much, Todd. We'll let you get Thank your you. cut. Yes, and, pleasure to uh, meet and you. Get on a plane. Take Peace out. Safe
1: travels. Yeah. Bye, everybody.
3: Have fun.
0: Bye. Take care. Bye. Thanks. What a wonderful, amazing, uh funny person to chat with about D.
1: Okay, I gotta say, Greg, you held it together. I you tried. did amazing. Yeah. It was great. And he likes your hair. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's always a good sign when someone says, uh, you know, your hair is looking good and your bangs look amazing today, I do have to say. I mean Okay,
1: thanks. Thanks. He I think he felt bad because he was really gushing about your hair so much he was probably like, Oh, she looks sad. With her. <laughs> With her dorky bangs.
0: Got to spread the compliments around uh, for yeah. sure. But yes, no, what a wonderful individual. So,
1: yes.
0: Been doing uh, this for 30 years. Been now, you know, part of uh, the Star Trek universe. But before that, he was, um, you know, rubbing elbows with some of the people we love the most. Like uh, Abe Ben-Ruby and many of the, the D&D folks that we've talked to on here. So, super, cool. I know.
1: Cool. I love that they're they like their own just little D&D club in Hollywood.
0: I want to go make a drink now, too.
1: I If if there's a book, too, we've got to make a Drunky Two-Shoes. We've got to get that cocktail in there.
0: And it uh, has the cantrip candle scent of old leather in it because it's, you know, Drunky Two-Shoes, can it?
1: Oh, uh, the shoes?
0: The shoes. Mm. Mm, not so much. <laughs> like, no, it has to be a drink that I actually like. Mm. Yeah. We'll think about it. Well, I We're mean, gonna... we'll do some mixology and some testings uh, to figure it out.
1: Happy to play test that. (laughs) Drink test. Yeah,
0: for sure. I'll be your huckleberry drink tester. (laughs) Well, uh, thank you so much for listening. As always, Dragon Talk could not exist without you all being wonderful folks out there. Uh, We'd love to spread the word and get more people to know about what is going on within the Dungeons & Dragons community. So please if you haven't shouted out from the rooftops how much fun you have listening to Dragon Talk, please do so on your favorite social media of choice. Always great to get more listeners and uh, convince them if they haven't already to pick up the dice and start rolling and join in, uh, like Todd has been able to do with so many of the folks that he was he now plays with. So get it out there, like and subscribe, uh, give a review. Those are all ways to spread the word about uh, what we're doing here on Dragon Talk. And we have our book, Welcome to Dragon Talk, uh, sold out at the <laughs> Get Lit Festival. Um, so that's really exciting. And I think we got a few, uh, you know, uh, conversions um, from folks that will spoke to uh, and met. And so if you're listening now, thank you so much for listening to Dragon Talk and spread the word, like we said. Yeah. Follow uh, me, at Greg Tito, on Twitter. I have a website now, uh, Uh, (laughs) www.gregtito.com. It's a dorky-ass website, but I'm always looking to do more fun stuff and add to it. But you can check out all the projects that I'm working on there, as well as how to pick up Welcome to Dragon Talk and the latest news about uh, my short film, Ex-Husband, and let you know about that there.
1: I am looking at your website now, and this picture is so perfect. Did you stage this? How do we have this perfect picture of you in your d and t-shirt with a character sheet in front of you?
0: That's me at the end of the table at the Thanksgiving D&D game that I've talked oh. about before. I just was there uh, and it was a candid shot, which are always my favorites because...
1: That is so good. There's our book. I love it. It's a very beautiful website. Oh, thanks, It's great. Connie. It's great. Yeah. I love it. Big Your fan. website
0: is amazing, and has tons of content on it. I've been oh. clicking around and seeing all the writing that you have on there. It's, you did there's a lot.
1: Oh, it goes to like back to like the Confessions of a Part-Time Sorceress days. Like, I know. Did you ever wonder what Gen Con twenty two thousand seven was like? I talk about it on my website. <laughs>
0: <laughs> there's a blog post for that.
1: There, there is a blog post for that. So cool. Yeah.
0: So check out ShellyMazzanoble.com.
1: Oh, yeah, right. Shellymazinoble.com. That's my website. <laughs> and I'm at Shelley Moo on Twitter and Instagram.
0: Awesome. And then find yeah. out everything about what's going on with the D&D at d d Beyond. That's the best page. There's some play testing going on for the 2024 core rules update. So check out what's going on there. Download the Unearthed Arcana uh, and play around with it and let us know what you think um, for when the survey opens up in a few weeks. So good stuff there. Yeah, I think I final shout out I want to give to the Magic Story podcast who is dropping uh, amazing content around the Magic the Gathering story and lore. It's a big part of why I love that collectible card game. And so if you're interested in Hearing um, lore and stories from an audio, uh, in an audio medium, uh, go check out the Magic Story podcast for their content coming around for the March of the Machines. As well, I think it's now time to get to some more fun play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) We drunk you two shoes. When we last saw her, she was holding a magic item and saying, Abracadabra. Yep. It was a statue. She found on the uh, desk of the office of Shola, the speaker for the Radiant Citadel, uh, one of the speakers for the Radiant Citadel who has gone missing. Uh, and you had uh, distracted some guards with <laughs> some very well-placed uh, illusions. I uh, only have a few minutes. A very scared gnome pointed you here. And you have this magic item that you think, uh, after a detect magic spell from Jonathan, uh, is made of transmutation magic. Yeah. And as you activate it, it starts to thum, uh, you know, thrum and, and hum in your uh, hands, and an image of Shola... Um, ...projects out of this magic item and is now, because you're pointing at the desk, standing on top of this desk. It's a shimmering, glowing, uh, yellow version of Shola... Uh, but she uh, moves and addresses you as the holder of this magic item and says, if you have found this, that means you are at the start. I have left the Radiant Citadel to deal with very important matters, but you must come and follow me. I am in Manavarsha, one of the worlds connected to the Radiant Citadel. I'm following up on a important thread that was put in place more than 200 years ago. And if this is Drunky Two Shoes, I think I know where your brother Daryl is. <sighs> and the image fades immediately. Did you guys see that? Um, Jonathan says, see what? What are you talking about?
1: You didn't just see Shola on the desk?
0: She was on the desk? Is it an in- invisible spell? Like, I still have to detect magic up. I should have been able to see that.
1: No, I came out of this little idol.
0: There was something glowing on the table, but she I thought She said she's
1: was- in Manavarsha. Manish-
0: Manavarsha?
1: Manavarsha. Says And Altea. we have to go. We have to go there. And she might know where my brother is. It could be a trap. In fact, it probably is. But if she has my brother or any insight into where he is, we have to go.
0: All right. Samson is, uh, uh, you know, kind of, you know, buckling up his equipment and just being like, all right. It seems like we, we, we know where we need to go. How do we get
1: get there? there? Oh, shoot. (laughs) (laughs) Does anybody know how to get there? Nomi. Um, Hey, gnome dude. Yes. How do you get to Manasheva? Manavarsha? How do you get? I mean, you know what? Let me just write that down. Manavarsha.
0: It's uh, a Moniversha. Moniversha? Moniversha. And. You can uh, get in one of the crystals to take you there
1: i uh, I don't know. Is there a, a place called Manavarsha and a place called Moni because i don't want to go to the dif- i don't want to the wrong place.
0: Some people uh, have a better accent uh, than than, uh, than I do, but oh, uh, okay. I always thought it was uh, M- M- Moni Versha.
1: Okay, we'll take we need to go to Versha.
0: Yes, so that's uh how, how did you enter this place? They Take one of those uh crystals and they can transport you there.
1: Do you know a lot about this place, Nomi?
0: I have never traveled uh to to that world. No, but I know that it is um uh, uh, quite wet. Uh it's uh, a lot of uh, plants and Jungle and uh, it, it's not, it's not for me. I don't I don't like that type of thing. And my wife, uh, she's got the you know yep. the the rheumatism, and so that type of thing would just be not very good for Goodbye. her. Goodbye. Yeah. Uh, okay, am I free to go now?
1: Yes, you are. Thank you.
0: Okay, and so yeah, you bumble, you know, uh, shove off with with your your cohorts. Let's
1: go to the crystals.
0: Okay, as you uh, leave out of the offices uh, here that are carved out of the crystal here in the center. Um, you see guards are still kind of investigating and looking around, and there are now new guards posted at the entrance. So you kind of leave the office area, and you see the hallway that leads to the outside uh, with more fresh air, but there are two guards there.
1: Do I know how to get to the crystal? Is it obvious?
0: Yeah, you spoke to um, one of the healers there. Jonathan led you to the healer. Altia was stationed there. Uh, if you remember, you spoke to the guard about the other guards there at the the way area to give them you know that's where you paid your toll to come in.
1: Oh okay. Um I'm just going to stomp right by with authority because we can't hide from them. They they're going to see us walk by, right? Yeah. Yeah. So we're just going to just I'd say to everyone just act like you belong here. Let's go. Oh, okay.
0: Um, stomp, Altea, stomp. and then stomp. Uh, Blades of Grass is just like, "Yeah, let's let's go." I like that. Um I would love you to roll me a intimidation check or hmm. a deception check, whichever you would prefer. I'm-
1: Equal in both. Equally not great. Oh, but a 17.
0: A 17. And which one are you going for? Are you going for intimidation or deception? intimidation. Intimidation, okay. So you're just going held up high, walking forward, um, and uh, everybody is trying to uh, emulate you. What are you rolling over there? Um, So they all did pretty good.
1: What? I thought there was two guards.
0: Uh yeah, I'm rolling for your cohorts um to see how oh, uh, they thank held themselves. You. Gotcha. Um, and so as you're walking past, the guards are conferring um and they're, you know, not completely distracted, but they don't necessarily they're not looking for people uh leaving the place. Um so you get past them and then Jonathan trips and oh, uh bumps into one of the guards and uh knocks him over into the other guard.
2: Oops. Oh,
0: oh, oh. You okay? I I, I didn't mean to do that.
1: I offer a hand to the guard.
0: Like a paw? Yeah. Yes. And as a... Help me help help you up. up. Oh, you're saying saying that to the guard, not to Jonathan? Interesting. Uh, Oh, uh, thank you. Hey, what, what are you doing here?
1: We're looking for Shola, same as you.
0: I think that is highly irregular. Hold on, you wait here.
1: Okay, let's go, guys.
0: Okay, we'll pick up. There as uh, we'll see whether the guard wants to give chase or not.
1: He won't. I'm gonna smack him right across the face.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Shelly was just saying she wanted more combat in this. (laughs) (laughs) So here we go. It's
1: either him or the gnome. So one of them is getting smacked across. I love it. Drunky has had it! Had it! (laughs)